Namaste, and welcome to the Inner Transformations podcast. Today I would like to uh, talk about Tantra and uh, Kundalini and the chakras. And not that I am a great expert on the subject, but I have uh, read a number of books and I have had uh, personal experience with an Indian tantric guru. And uh, we, uh, we have lots of different ideas about gurus these days. And uh, certainly there have been uh, certain uh, so-called gurus who have been uh, charlatans and, um, and rogues, con men, con women. <laughs> um, and uh, that might be part of the tradition as well, because uh, a guru is a, a precious, a precious uh, thing, a precious being that we can uh, encounter in this life uh, when we're ready. And even finding a false guru is um, a step along the path. It is a, it is a learning experience. And in fact, uh, in the uh, in the tradition of uh, Dattatreya, uh, ancient uh, uh, realized being of, of India, uh, Dattatreya said that uh, all of life, all of nature, uh, was his guru. So, uh, anyway, and, and guru is a, a principle, a tattva, that uh, that we can tune into. My, uh, but we don't we don't want to get too too uh, abstract about that, and and we don't want to think that we don't need to meet someone on the physical plane, perhaps, in this lifetime, to give us some some guidance, and to uh, transmit energy, to transmit shakti, which is uh, the the key to our awakening. Swami Naranjan uh, once said, I, uh, I, I wasn't present, I read it in one of the transcripts of his, his talks, but he said, you know, a lot of people these days say, I don't need a physical guru. The guru lives inside me. Uh, but then he went on to say, okay, does that mean that, uh, you know, I don't need a, a physical wife or husband. The wife or husband lives inside me. Think about that for a minute. It's, a, it's an important point because we live in uh, this physical dualistic reality. And so the, the, guru, the guru is our own true self. And uh, yeah, if you are able to, if you are able to let go of ego, tune into your own true self, uh, you, don't need to, you don't need an outer guru in this life. In fact, you're already, you're already the guru. And, uh, well, what does guru mean? Uh, guru, it's uh, the two syllables there. Um, and it means, uh, it means dark and light. And uh, the, uh, the guru principle, the guru is someone who leads us from darkness to light. 
in this physical world, in this uh, world of illusion, in this world of conditioning, um, we have to realize that even the best of the gurus is only a human being. And so, uh, and, and we don't want to get attached to that, to, to the personality of the human being. We want to uh, gain the wisdom and the guidance and the, and the energy, the inspiration, the shakti, um, without getting too caught up in the, uh, in the uh, personality of the, uh, of the guru so that um, we don't get pulled, pulled into that too deeply. So anyway, I'm, I'm a little bit off track here because I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about Tantra because it is uh, something that is uh, talked about a lot these days in, in spiritual circles, in New Age circles, and, uh, and, and, a, and a, uh, I, I think that we uh, often have a very mistaken concept about it in the, in the modern Western world. Um, for one thing, um, Tantra has become equated with some kind of, of sexual yoga. And, uh, and, you know, that's not entirely wrong, but it's certainly inaccurate. It's certainly uh, uh, reductive because uh, Tantra is not about sex. It is about self-realization. Uh, sex is... Uh, the Tantric tradition is very open to uh, sexuality as a means as a, as a way of, of, um, of awakening, of transformation and self-realization. And I'm, I'm going to read to you just a, a short quote from a, from a great book here. Uh, it, and, and if you really want to understand the, the uh, tantric tradition in a, uh, in a, in a, in a basic uh, way that's, uh, you know, where you don't have to be a, a Sanskrit scholar, uh, that kind of thing, uh, a book by Christopher D. Wallace called Tantra Illuminated, The Philosophy, History, and Practice of a Timeless Tradition. And in it, uh, he writes, uh, if the goal of a practice is simply to improve one's sex life, then however spiritual sounding it may be, it cannot be called Tantra. If, on the other hand, the goal uh, the goal is part of a practice in which it is consistently subordinated to the goal of complete spiritual freedom and awakening to the true nature of reality, then it can be called Tantra. So when we talk about Tantra, we, uh, it, it's, it's a much deeper spiritual practice than uh, many of us understand uh, in this day and age. Tantra is about Deconditioning. It's about um, awakening to our the, our true nature and the true nature of reality. That being said, uh, ta- there is a framework, a cosmology, that uh, that tantra uses, traditional tantra, um, that that can be helpful to us, and it is actually um, uh, validated somewhat, or in some ways, by by science. And the, uh, the basic principles of Tantra, the basic principles of, of understanding, 
is that this universe is composed of two, two principles, which are also uh, one, right? They're not actually separate from each other. They're, they're, they're two poles of one reality. And one is known as Shiva. Shiva is pure consciousness, absolute pure consciousness. And the other is, is Shakti. And Shakti is the, the primal energy of creation. It's a vibrational energy. And uh, uh, Shakti, uh, Shakti and Shiva are one and the same, in a sense, so that uh, um, they're, not, they're never separate from each other. One is, uh, one is uh, an aspect of the other. Shiva is considered in the tradition the, the, the male aspect. And Shakti, the, the feminine aspect, the female aspect. So Shakti is the, the Divine Mother. Uh, Shiva, the Divine Father. Um, and as we try to understand these, these principles, um, we're, we're, starting from the, we're starting from the most basic point of awakening. And uh, where we are now, in our own incarnation, in our own experience and everything, is, is deeply um, uh, embedded in, uh, in illusion. And uh, I, I use illusion here um, in, in, a, in a way that it, it doesn't mean that everything is unreal. It doesn't mean that physical reality is unreal. It means that uh, uh, we, we misunderstand it in some basic ways. We misinterpret it. We have a very limited view of it, which is based on uh, on our ego visions. So we uh, so tantra is actually a, uh, offers a, a number of means and processes uh, to help us to overcome uh, the, the limited vision of ourselves. And what is ego in this sense? Ego, uh, ego is uh, our identification uh, with the body and with our uh, emotions and with our emotion and, and with our intellectual constructs, with our uh, with our cognitions, with our, our uh, and and these can be deep unconscious um, cognitions as well. So as we uh, begin to understand this, um, this tantric cosmology, we understand that uh, this universe of our experience is the expression of, uh, of Shiva Shakti, the, the, uh, the consciousness energy underlying all phenomena. And uh, we can go on to, to start to uh, understand this concept of, of Kundalini and the chakras. Uh, based and it's based on this understanding. Uh, Kundalini is uh, an aspect of Shakti, aspect of Divine Mother. And Kundalini is actually uh, part of a universal energy of evolution, working through working through the universe, uh, throughout throughout time and space, 
So everything that we see in the universe is an expression of the of the Shakti, the, the divine energy, and it is a uh, it's not a static energy. It's not like um, uh, uh, you know God created the universe and here it is. Uh, instead, it is a, an ongoing, evolving uh, creation, and so. Um, so, uh, well, one one verse I like, and it's I've heard it attributed to a number of different places. So, uh, I'm not exactly sure where it comes from, uh, but the the saying is, uh, "God sleeps in the rocks, and God dreams in the plants and animals, and God begins to awaken in man." Um, and that's uh, that kind of gives you a, a, a sense of this process of evolution and, and our connection to it. We're not separate from the universe. We are part of this evolving consciousness energy. And on an individual level, we are, we are microcosms of the, the universal uh, Shiva Shakti. We are, um, uh, on the individual level, the, the inner consciousness is uh, referred to as Purusha. And the, uh, the energy, uh, our nature, uh, is, uh, is known as Prakriti. And Prakriti is um, um, something that, uh, if, you're stu- if you study Ayurveda, you're familiar with. Uh, prakriti is, is our nature. And these two principles are always involved together. So uh, you're not going to have a uh, you're not going to have a consciousness separate from from the energy of of creation, and and so each of us uh, each of us has our own nature, our own uh, our own constitution um, that we uh, that we have in this life, and that we work with and that we deal with. So uh, I, I'm not going to go deep into Ayurveda uh, today, but. Uh, 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 certainly something that is in, entirely related to the, the concepts of, of yoga and tantra. So, uh, so what is kundalini? Kundalini is this universal energy of evolution that resides within us. And the, the tantric teachings tell us that kundarini, kundalini is, um, is asleep within us. So the evolutionary process um, has uh, uh, not not stalled except, exactly, but uh, it, it's it's sleeping within us and, re- and waiting to be awakened, which means that we have uh, an evolutionary potential uh, deep within us that is waiting to be activated. And uh, in the in this time and age, right now, uh, that that evolutionary energy, the, the kundalini. Is uh, is kicking in, and so many people, uh, many people are experiencing awakening on some level or another, and um, uh, it's uh, it, it can be it's gonna it, it is an it's an upheaval for the people who are experiencing us it, and it's going to be an upheaval uh, on a on a global level, because we are talking about uh, the consciousness of humanity evolving. So I began to learn about the Kundalini and the chakras uh, back in the uh, back in the 1980s, actually, 
Um, that's where I, when I encountered uh, my guru, Swami Satyananda Saraswati, and began learning uh, his teachings. And he, uh, um, he taught that, uh, uh, you know, he taught from an evolutionary perspective. And uh, so um, he taught that uh, we're evolving uh, through the chakras. And what are the chakras? Uh, the chakras are hard to define. Uh, generally, generally speaking, people say, well, the chakras are, uh, are energy centers. And they're, um, they're connected with the spinal column. So at the, the base of the spinal column uh, is, is Muladhara chakra. At the uh, crown of the head is uh, Sahasra chakra. And there are seven basic chakras in the, um, in the original system. Or, or the system as we've, there are many different systems of the chakras. And maybe, uh, maybe that's something we should look at too. But the, the chakras are, en are energy centers. They are also uh, concepts. They are ways to conceptualize uh, who we are on multiple levels. And when we get into the, we, we should uh, talk about that a little bit because a lot of people these days, uh, these days, whatever that means, a lot of people seem to think that uh, the, the chakras are, are, are things. They're fixed realities. They're, they're, we tend to reify them in, into, something, uh, into something almost concrete, although no one's ever seen a fucking chakra. Uh, <laughs> excuse my language. Um, there, there's a story about Swami Satyananda one time. He had written his book, uh, uh, Kundalini Chakra, um, and uh, he, was, he was on a flight because he, he used to travel around the world giving talks. And um, uh, one time he was sitting next to a, a medical doctor uh, on a flight, and uh, the medical doctor was, uh, you know, they were talking together, and the medical doctor said, oh, okay, uh, about these chakras. He said, you know, I'm a doctor, and uh, I'm a surgeon, and I have uh, open bodies before, and uh, I've never seen a chakra. And uh, uh, Swami Satyananda said to him, um, I took apart a radio one time. This is back in the old days, right? Radio, radio was the, the technology of those days. He said, I took, apart, I took apart a radio one time and I couldn't find the music. So uh, we need to think of the chakras like that. They're, they're certainly not physical things. And uh, uh, there have been some attempts and, maybe, and partially successful attempts to, to measure the chakras uh, on, a, on electrical, on a, an ele uh, a, you know, on an energetic level. Uh, one of the one of my favorite books from back in the you know the '90s, late '80s, '90s, was uh, by uh, uh, Doctor Hiroshi Motoyama, a Japanese uh, uh, doctor and mystic who had developed a uh, a technology to measure the chakras. Um, his book is called, um, uh, you know, I'll have to look up the title of his book. I'm sorry, I forget it right now. Um, Dr. Hiroshi Motoyama. And, um, uh, you know, there's, a, there's this idea that we need to 
scientifically, scientifically validate these ideas. And uh, the problem with that is that science is, uh, is focused on what we can experience through, through the senses. So what can we experience through, through the five senses? And they, and they only allow us five. Uh, when we get into Tantra, we get into the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth. We get, we get into much deeper senses, the, the Tantric senses. Uh, but within the, uh, within the scientific uh, paradigm, we, uh, only, only, the only thing valid is what we can measure through, through the senses and through our instruments, which are basically extensions of the senses. And uh, Tantra, uh, like, like uh, mystical traditions in general, is concerned with uh, the inner being. And, and the big question that, that we talked about before when we were talking about the Upanishads, the big question is, who is it that measures? Who is it that, that observes? Who is the inner witness of experience? And, and, or, or, you know, in more modern terms, uh, what is consciousness? And consciousness is something that can't be measured. It can't be quantified. It can't, it can't be uh, in, in the same way. And this is a problem we run into in psychology, right? Psychology is, is uh, often considered a soft science because, uh, you know, it's very hard to, to monitor uh, register to, to determine what's going on inside of people, in their, in their psyche, their inner self. And the psyche, the inner self, that's an aspect of, uh, of consciousness. So we as, as human beings are composed of consciousness and, uh, and energy, or, or consciousness and matter. And energy, and of course, if we, uh, you know, if we pay attention to uh, to quantum physics, to to uh, uh, well, to uh, uh, relativity in physics, we know that uh, that matter, as such, is is not uh, is not as real as we would like to believe. So, uh, uh, Einstein, uh, with his theory of relativity. Um, said that uh, you know um, matter itself is just energy in another form, so it's a it's a maybe a, maybe we'll conceive of it as slowed down vibration of energy that that we exist in, and it seems to be concrete and it seems to be real. If we go into quantum physics, we realize that at its basis, matter is uh, not just energy. Uh, in, in the sense that we might think of it, but it, it doesn't exist at all. It is simply, it simply exists as potentiality um, until, um, until we measure it, until, until we come into contact with it, until consciousness uh, comes into contact with it and it becomes, uh, it becomes concrete, it becomes material. So let's take a look at the chakras. Uh, I, I know we're, we're kind of I'm kind of going off in different directions here, but let's take a look at the chakras. The chakras are uh, modes modes of energy and consciousness that exist within us. And the most uh, 
and, and they, they range from, from the, the, the most basic, the root chakra, again, no, which is known as Muldhara, uh, up to, up to the, uh, the Sahasra chakra and, and beyond. Uh, Muladhara chakra is the, uh, the chakra um, concerned with uh, material existence, uh, primarily. Um, and, and in fact, the, the, first, uh, the first three chakras are. Um, but Muladhara is, Muladhara, and we could tell, a chakra means a wheel in the, in the, uh, the ancient Sanskrit. And I, and I say chakra because uh, that is the, uh, what, what, as far as I've been taught, that is the correct Sanskrit pronunciation. And these terms come from the Sanskrit. And if we want to avoid, um, perhaps to some degree, this whole idea of cultural appropriation, maybe we should learn to pronounce these Sanskrit words as best we can, um, because Sanskrit's, Sanskrit's a little different, a little difficult. Uh, but the, the, the actual technical pronunciation of, of, of the, the term in Sanskrit is chakra. It's not chakra. And it's, and, and, you know, I, I, it's really okay however you want to pronounce it. But uh, I've had a problem with that over the years. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I'll hear somebody talking and, and they seem to, be, seem to be making sense and they'll use the word chakra and I, I immediately tune out. I think this is some new age uh, BS. And I'm trying to get over that because uh, some, some people have uh, some pretty good ideas, but they're still saying chakra. Um, and it, it's not a big thing, but uh, the, the correct pronunciation is, is chakra. If you if you want to stay true to the Sanskrit tradition, and and a chakra is uh, um, a chakra is a is, is a wheel in the uh, uh, the original meaning, and another way that we can think of that we can interpret that is a circuit. So it we can think of it as a a neurological circuit, although we are talking about subtle energy here, and the subtle energy. Uh, connects with the, uh, with the human nervous system. So um, a chakra is a, 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 a circuit within us. Uh, and these are, are, are arranged along the spine, at the, the very base of the spine, the tip of the coccyx. Uh, just above the perineum is the, the muladhara chakra. Uh, muladhara means the root chakra or the base chakra. And this is, uh, this is where we are grounded in the earth. And this is our connection with the earth. And uh, we, don't, we don't want to disparage the Muladhara Chakra because this is our, this is our basis in this world. And, as, and we need Muladhara Chakra as long as we're, uh, we're existing in this world. It is our connection with, with the earth and with nature. And so one of the, the best ways to... Uh, to connect with the Muladhara Chakra or to heal and balance the Muladhara Chakra is simply to take a walk in nature and to, uh, and to connect. Um, the second chakra is known as, as Swadhisthan. And Swadhisthan, while, while Muladhara is connected with, with, the, with the earth, it's connected with survival. Uh, Swadhisthan is connected more with, uh, with sexuality, with emotion, uh, but on a, on a primitive level, 
these first two chakras are pretty primitive. Um, the, the next chakra is, uh, is, uh, is Manipura. And that's the, uh, the chakras, uh, the solar plexus chakra. Manipura is, uh, uh, is connected to uh, mind. It's connected to thoughts. It's connected to mental energy. And uh, unfortunately, or uh, not unfortunately, but where we are, uh, many of us are stuck right now in the world and, and trying to evolve beyond is, uh, is uh, being stuck in mind. Uh, mind is, is constructed. It's, it's, it isn't constru- it's, it's not constructed. It is a construction of, of thoughts and symbols. And what has happened... Uh, is that um, we have, many of us, have stopped living in the real world and have started living in a world, a world of mental construction. And this means that uh, we, uh, we don't actually see the world as it is. We see the world as we, we see the world as we conceive of it. Um, the, the, um, the linguist uh, Alfred Korzybski uh, uh, said that we mistake the map for the territory. So our, our, our mental construction, our language, our symbology becomes our reality when in fact it is meant to be a, a, a map and a way of understanding reality. And that's something we have to watch out for as we uh, study the, the, the chakras. Uh, I've, I've run into a number of people that... Um, that believe that the chakras are, 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 you know, have some kind of concrete reality to them. You know, they're things. And really they are more in the realm of uh, ideas. They, they're, 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 they're constructed of, of uh, psychic energy. And so uh, we, we, get, we get caught up in our, in our thoughts and beliefs. And, uh, um, and we stop seeing what the world is, and we stop evolving. We get stuck. Uh, one, one big example of this is um, fundamentalist religion, where people, um, individuals, uh, you know, they believe things, and, and they hang on to those beliefs. They, they cling to those beliefs, no matter how much evidence uh, they come across that, that undermines those beliefs. It says maybe, maybe those aren't uh, entirely true. Um, and uh, that's, that's, that can be an unfortunate thing because that stops our, uh, stops our growth and our evolution. And so that's Manipur Chakra. And of course, Manipur Chakra, the, the mind has incredible value. It's an incredible tool. Um, you know, so, so the saying is, uh, you know, it's, it's a great tool, but it, it's a terrible master. Uh, we don't. We don't want to let the mind be our master. We want to. Uh, we want to be able to go beyond the mind. And so, the the in order to evolve, evolve further into the, the 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 fourth chakra, the Anahata chakra, which is is often called the heart chakra, uh, we need to develop the the ability to witness ourselves. And this is the this is the crux of mindfulness as well, uh, to. The ability to see our thoughts and beliefs uh, in an objective way. 
And this this is going to take us out of ego too, because the ego is is a mind it's a mind construct that we have identified with. And our true identity true identity is not the is not the ego; it's the soul. It's the essence of who we are. It is it is the pure consciousness that we truly are. So moving beyond on to, beyond Manipur chakra into the the heart chakra, we have to move move beyond our thoughts and our beliefs, uh, and, and, and understand them in a, in a relative way. Uh, one term I came across is, is, is simply cognitive relativity. We need, to, we need to understand when we meet other people, when we come into contact with other people, that their thoughts and beliefs are their own, and they're independent of ours. And we're not in this world to force our thoughts and beliefs on other people. Nor are, we, nor are we in this world to, to live up to or to buy into other people's thoughts and beliefs. We, um, we're here to be creative thinkers on our own, to, to understand and to develop our own, uh, our own cosmologies. Um, so, and again, Tantra is not a belief system. Tantra is not a religion. Tantra is a way of, uh, of helping us. It's a tool in a sense. Uh, I have another quote from, uh, from Tantra Illuminated, which I referred to before. Um, and in it, he write, Wallace writes, the practice of tantric yoga involves transcending one's ordinary identity and therefore does not require initiates to belong to a specific caste, class, gender, or ethnic group. To be more precise, tantric practices involves the creation or realization of an esoteric divine identity within your earlier cultural-specific identity. So you can remain a cultural Christian, Jew, or Buddhist and still be a tantrika. Tantrika being a practitioner of, of, of tantra. So tantra is about experience and it's about awakening. Um, which, uh, and, and at the same time, kundalini is something very real, uh, uh, moving through the universe and moving through us. So that uh, what, what's happening now is I'm, I'm encountering people that have had spontaneous awakenings. And, and they're awakening to, to the higher chakras. You know, when the kundalini awakens, uh, we, we are, we're, we're pushed into a, a new zone, uh, or, to, or or a chakra, of uh, of awakening, and and uh, we're we're not we may not be pushed into like like total enlightenment, uh, but we're pushed into a new vision, a new, a new reality, and there may be further to go beyond that, and there may always be further to go beyond that. I'm not sure that uh, um, that we should have this idea of, oh, I'm I'm fully enlightened now. And I have nothing more to, uh, to learn or conceive of. And that's just my, my perspective. Um, but as we, as we move out of the, the, the Manipur chakra, as we move out of the mind, uh, or we, we might call it the lower mind, or the ego mind, we move into the heart. And, uh, and the heart chakra, the Anahat chakra, uh, um, opens up a whole new vista of reality to us. Um, and it, it makes us uh, well. It, it 
opens up to the vision of our interconnectedness and our inner being. So uh, empathy and compassion are big components of, the, uh, of this awakening. Empathy meaning that we can start to see things from others' perspectives. We can, we can put aside our own ego perspective and we can attempt to, to move into another's perspective and try to understand that and realize that everyone has their own perspective. And then compassion arises out of that because uh, compassion involves wanting to help people uh, who are suffering. And uh, a lot of our suffering comes from being stuck in our own ego perspective. So um, compassion often, you know, it, it may mean, it, compassion may mean bringing somebody food when they're hungry, uh, but it also may mean uh, helping someone uh, subtly in whatever, uh, in the kindest way possible to move beyond uh, the, the mental constructs that are, that are keeping them locked in suffering. So um, uh, then we move into the higher chakras with time, with, with growth. Um, and and the, the, the throat chakra uh, starts to connect us with uh, the universal mind. A mind that is, uh, um, uh, it, it's, it's, it doesn't speak in English. <laughs> uh, it speaks to us in symbols. It, it's, uh, and, and we might call it the, uh, what Jung called it, the, the collective unconscious. A deeper aspect of selves, and it's 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 a transpersonal aspect of ourselves. So the um, the, um, the the universal mind, the divine mind, uh, is is operating through uh, uh, through ev- through everything and everybody, and so it doesn't it doesn't belong to us on a personal level, but we what we tune into it on a personal level, and it gives us. Uh, it is, it is our insight and our intuition, our higher intuition, uh, where we begin to see things. Uh, we begin to see and to know things and understand things um, on a much deeper level. Uh, one of the ways that we uh, uh, start to move into this higher mind is through, um, you know, well, definitely through meditation, but some of the ways I've uh, found and experimented with that are helpful are are um, past life regression, and also um, uh, going uh, trance states that allow uh, us to experience or access the Akashic field. And the Akashic field is uh, uh, it is it is it is the uh, the field of mind, the field uh, the field of, of information that we exist within. Um, beyond the, beyond the, that ch- chakra, we move into the sixth chakra, the the uh, the Agnya chakra, uh, in the third eye chakra, which uh, opens us up to our connection with oneness. Uh, beyond certainly beyond ego at this point, uh, although there may be a subtle a subtle a subtle ego connected with uh, with our um, experience of Agnya chakra, which is is our, our psychic vision. And, uh, and then beyond that, we move into uh, the, the, um, the crown chakra, which is our, our, our connect, which is our unity, which are, is our non-dual um, 
non-dual self. So, uh, um, and the higher chakra, the higher we go in the chakras, the hard they, harder they are to, to explain and to put into words because they're, they're beyond our symbolic mind. So there's an example of one time of Ramakrishna, great, uh, the great Indian saint, and, and, and one of his uh, um, uh, disciples was asking him to um, you know, explain the chakras. And, and he was going through them in his, uh, he, you know, he was going through them one by one. And, uh, you know, he got to the, he got to the, uh, the, the third eye chakra, the Agni, Agni chakra, and he said, you know, there are no words. There are no words that, uh, that will explain this. Because it, we will be, go beyond language. We go beyond mind in the ordinary sense. Um, uh, but, uh, um, but we don't, we don't go beyond ourselves. We, we actually, we go deeper into to who we truly are. Uh, we go tr- deeper into the stillness, into the silence of our own being. And silence, as, um, as Eckhart Tolle tells us, is, uh, is, is, our, is, is our connection to reality. That is, that is being. That is, that, is, that is reality within us. So I'm going to stop here. Um, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if this is, you know, like I said, I, I, this is just my my personal rant <laughs> on the on the chakras uh, from what I've understood and learned. I, I hope this is helpful, and um, certainly we'll we'll pick up again from here. Namaste, Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. <laughs>